for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we are coming at you again live from Waco, Texas. And my very special guest is coming live all the way from Oakland, California. Her name is Marika Petrie from the band Girl Swallows Nightingale. How are you doing today, Marika? I'm doing okay. It's not the not the greatest week for anyone in us, anyone really. But um, yeah, but I'm I'm still I'm doing good today. So. Now have you have you had to cancel any shows yet this week, or or you've been pretty safe? Um, yeah, we actually just decided to, um, postpone our album release concert, which was scheduled to happen next Saturday. Um, and so we've decided to postpone that. We, we're actually like just preparing the announcement and stuff to go out this weekend. Okay. Um, so that's one, one thing. Um, but uh, you know, that's a, that's a show we, we've, we've, it's not like the music disappears or anything. Um, Mm -hmm. it's more just we're all just kind of feeling sad for a lot of our friends who um, have lost so much income and um, business and, you know, uh, just, um, yeah, kind of a sad week for in a lot of different ways, mm-hmm. not just money, obviously. Yeah. And, you know, just like it all started with South by Southwest getting canceled and then it was just kind of a domino effect from there. It seemed like at least. Yeah. Um, but don't like I was mentioning before we got started. I don't want to focus too much on the negative. What's let's talk about you a little bit. What's kind of your background? What got you into music? You know, like what what's your origin story, so to speak? <laughs> um. Well, music, man, music has just been a part of my life since I was a baby because both of my parents are musicians and we always had music in the house. We always had instruments in the house. Uh, both of my brothers are musicians as well. Um, and uh, yeah, we just always had music. And I, I played cello, started playing cello in um, orchestra in fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade. And then kept playing it through high school. I did choir um, and I kind of did it for fun, really. Um, it was just a part of life and I, I didn't really take music seriously, like as something that I wanted to do professionally until maybe like midway through college. Nice. And then who are some of your uh, musical influences? Um, let me see. I have so many <laughs> um, 
Honestly, like growing up, I wasn't allowed to listen to a lot of stuff um, or like have TV. Um, not, not that I, they, I, I just couldn't listen to like a lot of popular stuff. Um, mm -hmm. My parents are more on the conservative side. And so um, I, you know, would listen to a lot of instrumental music, um, whether it's like jazz or classical, or um, I also listen to a lot of music in other languages because like, uh, yeah, I, no one knew what the lyrics were, so I couldn't get in trouble for them mm -hmm. or anything. <laughs> so yeah. I listened to, um, I really love West African music. Um, I love Malian music. I love listening to languages, like other languages, and just mm -hmm. like how, how vocalists from different regions in the world sing. Um, huge fan of Bjork, huge fan of um, uh, Fatumata Diawara. Um, like, re again, really different singers. Mm -hmm. um, also a big fan of Ozzy Osbourne. I've, I've always been drawn to his unique sound and how haunting it is. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I was wa actually shortly before you, uh, we jumped on here, I was watching uh, when the last solar eclipse happened, there was a concert that was happening in Southern Illinois where Ozzy Osbourne was playing during the eclipse and he played Bark at the Moon. Oh, wow. <laughs> Dur like during the eclipse and like there's a bunch of cell phone footage that somebody gathered and kind of mashed up like this compilation that actually synced up almost perfectly. Like everybody had their cell phones up and they were at different parts of the, um, the performance, I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like, yeah, it was just a really interesting performance, given what he was singing, singing, and what was happening on the outside. Wow, that sounds really cool. Yeah. Um, but how do you think, or how is being exposed to music from all across the world? Because you said you like West African music, and then like just all the different types of music across the world. How has that helped mold the type of musician that you are now? Hmm. Um, honestly, like my, my brain, it's hard for me to like go it, hmm, to analyze my own music. I feel like sometimes when I'm analyzing my own work, it can sometimes shut off the, like the creativity a little bit, mm -hmm. whereas I can analyze other people's work. Um, easier um just because i you start judging yourself so much when you when you really start analyzing your own work um mm -hmm. but i do think that as a singer um i i've studied multiple languages and um speak other languages and i think um as a singer it's definitely influenced like my approach to how I sing, how I approach a song, how I um, change my vowels and just kind of explore the, you know, how the sound is coming out. I think mm -hmm. that's in influenced me a lot just subconsciously. Um, and, and it's challenged me to try and find different ways of producing sound just because I love hearing, yeah, like what vocalists can do and how their phrasing might be and their breathing might be in other languages. So that's one, one influence. Gotcha. Perfect. Um, and what's your creative process like when you sit down to write music? Like what's that process kind of like? Ooh, um, 
I feel like I actually write a lot of music while I'm walking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't have a car. Actually, I take public transportation. I try to, um, I try to find time to walk because there's something about just the rhythm of it that always, I almost always accidentally come up with some kind of melody or just something. Um, and then I'll just kind of record it into my phone and come back to it later. Um, so that's, that's one thing I really try to just, I'm just always humming things and walking. Um, and another one is like, I really try, I, I come from like a story point of view. So I, I might be just, you know, what is the shape of something that I want to make or what is the emotion that I'm going for? Um, as opposed to like, okay, I'm going to try this chord structure. I kind of like, will have a, a, like try to tell a story and then see what comes out of that. Um, I'm, I'm multidisciplinary. So sometimes I'll, uh, be inspired by visuals first and then I might write music to the visuals or, I'll make music and then that'll inspire some visuals and then it just kind of like goes in this circle back and forth. So I sort of make them both at the same time and that tends to be a lot more productive for me than to just isolate like types of art mediums. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Understood. Um, and so you you'd mentioned or you just mentioned that you had to reschedule the album release show that you're going to do next weekend. Mm-hmm. But the album's already released, technically, correct? Yeah, the album itself is released. People can find it on any you know any streaming platform. It's also on Bandcamp. Um, yeah, the album is out there, and this was going to be like our release party or release concert and uh, like I said I I am a it's a multidisciplinary project and I had you know I've had all these uh the 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 show is going to have and is going to have in the future um all of these tactile elements and visual art that that me and a big team have created to go along and it just kind of shares more about the album's characters about the story um, and there's more entry points into the album um, because of all the visual and storytelling elements in the okay. show. So yeah. I, I take it you specifically wrote for the album. Is that kind of fair to say? Uh, what do you mean specifically wrote for the right. album? You, like, uh, like you wrote, you knew going in, you wanted like 12 songs or how many ever there uh eight songs um and you wrote each song knowing it was going to go into this specific album versus just writing songs to write them and then picking from a pool of songs does that make sense yeah yeah um definitely i i didn't know exactly how many the final album would have but i knew for sure that it was going to be a concept album um I didn't want it to be like too kind of brainy or intellectual. I wanted not that kind of a concept album, but it definitely, um, I, I knew that there was going to be all of these other elements to the, to the storytelling than just the, the music. So, um, 
yeah, I, I wrote it with, I didn't necessarily write it in order. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it's just like a process of discovery and being like, oh, that's where this should go or that should, that's where this should go. But I knew for sure it was going to be a, a concept type of album. Gotcha. And when yeah. you were, because we're, I'm always really interested in the process of how musicians do things. That I, it's just something I'm really into. So what what was the process when you were ready to start working towards this album? Um, what was the, what was going into the studio? Because this was the first time you'd been into the studio, correct? Or in a studio? Um, it was my first time with this band. I've, okay. I've actually been a musician for a long time and I've um, been, you know, I've recorded on albums with other groups. I actually spent uh, seven years with another band called Mad Noise, another Oakland band, and we made a couple, you know, we'd done a lot of studio sessions. Um, yeah, and this band, Girl Swallows Nightingale, actually came out of me just feeling like, you know what, I've, I've been a musician, like a professional musician for a long time. I've been on other people's records. I you know, I have a lot of my own music inside of me. Like I need to make time for myself to make my own, my own music. So um, in that way, going into the studio, I felt like really, really um, nervous and excited and vulnerable because it was, you know, it's like my, my songs. Um, but at the same time, I felt pretty like comfortable and prepared because I have been a studio musician and I knew exactly which engineers I wanted to work with. I knew, um, you know, what kind of vibe I wanted to set in the studio. I'm comfortable, just comfortable in there. So in that way, it felt like I was glad that I had, you know, taken, had experience um, with, with other groups prior to like making my first record. Um, yeah so going into it yeah it was a whole I would say the biggest learning thing was just like being really vulnerable about sharing my own writing I think um when you're a performer you're kind of hiding in a way you have like, you definitely have to be very vulnerable to be a good performer I think like in the moment mm -hmm. but you're also like often singing someone else's words or you know you're acting as another character or whatever but when you're writing your own music even if you're not writing from your point of view people will assume that you are <laughs> mm. um and sometimes you know that can be like really scary at least for me it was i was like when i had my first when i pulled my you know this group of musicians together who they're amazing my bandmates are amazing i was so nervous the first day because i was like oh these are here's a draft of a couple of my songs and i was just like I've just hadn't felt that nervous before, you know, after I, I've been like performing for, for a long time. I've, I've been a, a performing artist for a long time, but I, I don't really get that nervous. And then when I had to introduce like sketches of my own songs and my lyrics, I was like, oh my God, this is so terrifying. Um, <laughs> so that was like a, I think for me, that was like the, the big internal thing to get over. But then the, um, you know, once things got going and we started, they started playing around and we were all brainstorming together on the arrangements and stuff. That's when it just got so rewarding and exciting. Awesome. And uh, how long's the uh, band been together? 
Let me see. Um, I feel like it was around 2016. Oh, I'm so bad at dates, but like the end of 2016 is probably when I, or was it 2017? It's one of those. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm so bad at those. When I um, reached out to um, the different bandmates and a couple of them I'd actually, well, the drummer, he was also a drummer in Mad Noise, the previous band that I was in. Mm -hmm. um, and he was on board right away. And then um, the bassist, I'd actually had him in mind, like I'd wanted to play or, or work on a project with him for, for a long time. And then I kind of nervously reached out and was like, hey, I really like your playing. You know, are you interested in this project? It involves like, you know, here's a sample of some of the music and there's a lot of world building and storytelling and characters and stuff. And it's a little bit nerdy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he was super down. Um, and then Andrea, um, the other, she also sings and she plays keys. Um, we sang together prior in a mm -hmm. like a jazz ensemble for a couple of years and that's how we got to know each other and we were um we we got we bonded over like singing extremely difficult harmonies and mm -hmm. like really <laughs> hard intervals and stuff together um and then Eli the violinist he's been a really long time collaborator of mine we've done theater together since college days and have played music and and um yeah he was mm -hmm quick to, to play as well. Awesome. So I think right now is a perfect time to ask, where does the band name come from? What's the story behind that? Yeah, so um, Girl Swallows Nightingale, um, it has a lot of meanings for me. Um, the original like combination of the words came when I was reading the story. It's a Greek myth and it's about uh, this princess named Philomela. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it correctly, but she um, basically she gets raped in the palace um, by um, by the by a prince who um, and no one is on her side. And she goes in at night with her handmaiden, and they cut off his head. And um, of course, you know, they've killed him, so they have to flee the palace and they're chased out of the palace and they run out and then they get turned into a swallow and a nightingale. Like the gods take pity on them and they, they transform them into a swallow and a nightingale. And um, so I was reading this and I was just like really moved by the story and um, I just kind of saw the combination of the words side by side and then I turned one into a verb. And um, so that's like the origin of when I just put the words together. Mm -hmm. But for me, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's not just a sad story to me. It's like a, you know, there's like the, I'm a big fantasy and fan and like I draw from a lot of folklore, I draw from mythology. I'm very inspired by, these these things and so it has like on the one side you can read the title has a like a kind of a that fantastical connotation to it mm -hmm. but there's also um like ingestion and something a little bit painful involved some maybe it's slightly grotesque in a way and I feel like a lot of um my writing and the things that I'm drawn to are about you know painful elements that maybe you have to eat or you have to take in 
but then you have to like process them and, and transform them into something that's beautiful or creative or, you know, it's kind of like you, you're taking things in and you're sending them out in hopefully a better form. Um, but you still have to take what life gives you, you know, that kind of a meaning. Um, and yeah, so that's like the origin of the, of the name. Um, I like that it's also like slightly suggestive if you read it in that way as well. Um, and it's like powerful sounding to nice. me. <laughs> nice. Awesome. Yeah. On a side note, there's a band out of uh, Kalispell, Montana that I think you'd actually really love. Uh, okay. It's a band called Wizard, W-I-Z-Z-E-R-D. Okay. They're, they're like a death metal band, but they are 100% influenced by like Magic the Gathering. They, and they're like all their music tells like a story. And they're, <clears throat> last time I talked to them, they were actually working on like building a, a series of books telling the story of the band in this fantasy world. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I'll definitely be into it. <laughs> yeah, and um, and that like when we originally worked with them, we were doing a like a interview with them, and they I asked them where their name came from, and they had this whole story about how they channeled channeled their inner beings and you know it was just a really interesting story and it's like oh yeah that that's like what we tell everybody because that's the character you know that's the character but mm. yeah so definitely check them out i think you'd absolutely love it cool and how did you spell that again uh w-i-z-z-e-r-d okay cool yeah. yeah definitely that sounds very very cool just a little side note before we go make a complete left turn into a complete subject change. Um, so you'd mentioned this before that you're multidisciplinary. Mm -hmm. I, I know you or you also make films, correct? Yes. Um, that's actually nowadays, like pretty much my bread and butter is, is mm. working in in filmmaking, um, mostly as a director and a producer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, that, that's what I do <laughs> every oh, day. Awesome. Um, yeah, I do a lot of video journalism. Um, I'll do, um, corporate type of work. I'll mm -hmm. do, I, I also make my own creative films, um, like narrative films. Mm -hmm. I'm in the middle actually while making, the album it was just very crazy last year um like a marathon year while making the album i was also producing my first feature length film um and that was all around the same time it was just it was madness but yeah. it was like all the the timing and you know there's there's scheduling for all these big amounts of people and it was just like you know what i have this opportunity i'm just gonna make it happen um so yeah just i i really have like both of my feet like equally in both worlds and in, in visuals and music and I I'll you know I love I even do music videos for my other friends mm -hmm. out here who are musicians and I just try to you know cross-pollinate um resources and, and friends and people who work on both sides and be like hey you need help each other out because it's tough you know to to be a musician 
it's tough to be a filmmaker and a lot of the things that we do like we can um be creative together instead of just like isolating ourselves so awesome and if you don't mind we're gonna go down this road a little bit further because this is obviously something that i can 100 percent relate to because obviously with the live and amplified thing we do a lot of video work and then i'd mentioned before we come on here i work for the news and news side of things and i do a lot of their creative services stuff so this is a hundred i like yes i love music but this was this this is my passion so i'm gonna kind of take this ride with you for a little bit what got you into film um the lord of the rings (laughs) um and many many movies but i would say like the the behind the scenes like collector's box that um Peter Jackson put together you know that kind of behind the scenes documentary stuff Mm -hmm. about making the films like those were my bible like I didn't know anything about you know my family like we're we're poor people like I don't I didn't have a camera I didn't have any of those things like but just watching and learning about the world building aspect is um you know those are those are the crucial things you need to know about being a director for anything whether you're like you know creating a a modern day um gritty drama or something crazy high fantastical you have to like understand you know world building in some way and so that was so inspiring to me as a kid um and i loved that teamwork aspect of it that all these people came together for a bigger vision and um so that was probably the most influential on like just me knowing that I wanted to be a storyteller of some mm-hmm. kind. It didn't have to be film, but I wanted to tell stories. And um, other films that I was really crazy about was like uh, any Kurosawa film. I, I'm half Japanese and I grew up watching like a lot of um, his movies over and over and over again, like um, the, the Seven Samurai and obviously like any Miyazaki movie um, where uh, they were I was a huge fan of um so but yeah primarily like okay Lord of the Rings and Peter Jackson just that whole behind the scenes stuff is what made me really excited about being a storyteller but also with it with a team and that shared like camaraderie that you mm-hmm. have yep and uh do, do you just or do you primarily do like fiction more narrative stuff or have you dabbled in like documentary filmmaking at all yeah i i've um so uh my regular one of my regular gigs is actually i'm a um video producer for california magazine which is uc berkeley's alumni publication Hmm. and um i've done a lot of short documentary films for them um covering entomologists covering um you know divers covering uh paleontologists um kind of any any type of topic that is somehow connected to uc berkeley then Mm -hmm. i've gone in and made um little short films usually they're they're kind of character driven documentary um stories gotcha um yeah and then uh Right now I'm working on a piece about brain machine interfaces. I'm working on, um, uh, I'm also working on this narrative, like, you know, fictional feature film with, 
you know, a lot of my really good friends mm -hmm. and I've made a couple fantasy, like complete fantasy short films. Um, and yeah, so kind of whatever I'm really inspired by at the time is what I, what I go for. Awesome. Yeah. I got my start doing short, like fictional things. And then for the last, I'd say almost four or five years, I've been focusing pretty heavy on a few documentary projects that I've been been wanting to do and my dad's been wanting me to do. So I kind of dove headfirst into those and spent the last five years or so, like really just laying the groundwork. And now I'm kind of at a point where I can sit down and take what I've shot and lay out the story for a few different projects. That's really exciting. Yeah. So, um, and that's, those are like personal pers kind of more on a personal angle or are they? Um, what, one of them's more of a personal pro like one of them's more personal because the, well, I, I just kind of give you a little bit of background on it. Um, when my dad or when my dad was first starting his career as a pilot he was hired by this guy that uh that was in town locally and he used to be a famous race car driver um and he was actually the last person to win the daytona 500 when they were racing on the beach back in like the 50s wow. and so my dad had been telling me for years that I needed to get him on camera and just let him speak. And it took about 10 years before my, my dumb brain said, Oh, Hey, your dad's smart. You should listen to him. And <laughs> about two years ago, I went up there during like right after Thanksgiving actually. And sat down with him for almost two and a half hours um and i got a lot of really good stuff and once i got him on tape it opened up doors for other people to start talking and so it it's uh it's been a fun ride for the last two years or so doing that project um that's really cool yeah uh, I'm excited about it. I can't wait to really get into the editing process and see how the story comes out. But I did just make my first swing at coming back over to doing like more fictional stuff. I signed up for a film shootout. Like, you know, one of those 48 hour film shootout type deals. Yeah. So I figured if I want, I because I've really been wanting to do more fictional stuff. So I figured that was my opportunity to kind of see if it's something that I still like doing. Because mm -hmm. I've been doing a lot of like promotional videos. So, you know, like my, my career, tra tra my career trajectory has really changed since I came out of college doing a lot of like fictional things and I wanted to take a shot at it and see if it was something I still enjoyed doing. Yeah. Yeah. You have to, you know, if you have the urge, I feel like you got to at least try it because it's, it's there and you, you kind of, that's what's so exciting about like sitting down and making something is 
you never really know where it's going to go. And you're, you're just trying to be like as honest with where it should go as possible. And it's just this like discovery process that Mm -hmm. is kind of so addicting. And um, that's cool that you've been working on uh, trying to find, you know, get back into it. Mm -hmm. And then like you, I kind of grew up very similarly where I wasn't allowed to listen to a lot of the popular music. And so I kind of got this affinity for listening to music that I shouldn't be listening to because it was kind of, you know, it was like breaking the law, so to speak. Yeah. And then what, so that's how I got introduced to music. And then I started doing film and then this opportunity to do live and amplified came together and it was like, Hey, mixing two things that I really enjoy kind of like yourself it's it's awesome when two things kind of come together like that definitely yeah and um that's that's very cool but um so how do you kind of balance your time between film and music man um you know i don't have balance um (laughs) uh yeah i i feel like you know everyone has to find their own way of what makes it work what what works best for them you know um for me i really liked to take a deep dive into a thing for a few days instead of trying to like do a couple hours of this a day and a couple hours of that a day you know it's like i just block out no this is my week where I'm, I'm working on this and that's kind of how like film production is too you know you, you're pretty much like blacked out for the for these shooting days or whatever and mm-hmm. so for music when I'm writing I'm like you know what I'm gonna make you know Tuesday I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be working on music and uh, that helps me just reach that flow that I need to get creative and you know, turning off notifications and, and all of that stuff. I, I, yeah, it's kind of like big blocks of time that I try to devote to things as opposed to, you know, I'm going to do one hour of this every day and two hours of that every day. And, um, you know, I just do a deep dive into, into projects as much as I, as much as I can. And that makes sense. Like sometimes because I feel like I'm the same way, actually, like I'll get, I'll have like three projects and it's like, okay, I have to work on this. And then when I get to a point here, I can go work on, like, it's very, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from on that one. Yeah. And, and I think like, um, it's just hard to like, just turn, you know, sometimes I, I really do get stuck on one and I just need to go work on something else for a while because mm-hmm. I, my, my brain's like, okay, you need need a break go work on something else um it does get really crazy like the the struggle is so real like everyone who is a freelancer or runs their own business or which is being a musician is is running your own business Mm -hmm. um it's like it is hard to manage you know all these different projects and scheduling people and all of that so it it can it definitely like does its good wear and tear and all of that um Mm -hmm. But sometimes I, sometimes like, you know, I just have to do it. And Mm -hmm. then I try to, I try to find, 
a time where I can just kind of crash and recuperate and stuff. Um, you know, you said something very interesting in there. And I think it's something that people need or musicians in general need to kind of wrap their head around and it's treating music like a business. Yeah. Because I think sometimes it, they, they get, they, they find that I, like, I, I feel like sometimes musicians get into the industry for the wrong reason and they take everything personally but if they treat it like a business and it's like okay i'm going here because it's going to cover this bill or like whatever it is if they treat it more business aspect i think they'll find more enjoyment in the things that they do musically speaking yeah and um you know, for like, I, I don't want to like give anybody advice. I could just speak to like what I've found has worked for me. Um, like for me, uh, for a long time, I was, I was really doing the gig thing. Like that's when I was in a lot of other bands and I was like, you know, I was uh, playing a lot of other people's music and I was gigging a lot and th that was how I was making money. And, and um, on top of like, you know, also building myself up as a, as a freelance filmmaker and videographer and stuff like doing all of that. And then there was one point where I just really did a deep like soul search about like, okay, what do I get? You know, what gives me the most pleasure from these different art forms that I do? Why do I need them? And for me, I realized that I get a lot more pleasure out of creating original music and performing like my own music as opposed to performing like any kind of music um and if i was but we're a film <clears throat> like i actually feel like you know i i of course love working on my passion project films as you would but i also get like a good amount of professional joy out of taking someone else's idea and executing a vision and and just working in that way professionally. And when I realized that, I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna shift. I'm gonna focus on like actually making the majority of my income come through like film and video. That way I could actually save more of my resources towards like, I guess what I call a pure project, which is mm -hmm. like a an art project that to me doesn't have like your, um, like uh i guess uh that tie that personal or that this pressure to where like oh if i don't sell this many records that is a that is equi equivalent to how i'm going to value myself mm -hmm. and so i needed to create girl swallows nightingale as like this peer project where you know it it i i treat it where it's like you know if you're going to invest in a business it's gonna you're gonna have to go in the red for an amount of time and you need to build a really strong foundation and then you know but but in order to give it that time i i was like all right i'm going to shift try to make my money through film try to get a really strong foundation for this band going make sure i get the music produced in the way that i want it to be i don't have like i i know that i'm not going to make back in the first year everything that i've put into it mm -hmm. and understanding that it, that it is like that business like you're not gonna you know don't 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 
just get totally destroyed that you don't make everything back on your first tour, right? It takes like mm -hmm. a couple tours to, to do that. And so just understanding that element of like starting a project, that it is also a business. And then that gives you, yeah, this kind of healthy separation about like, okay, if, if it doesn't get received in a certain way, it's like, at least I know it's, it's like pure, it's from my heart. It's from our, like, we were really honest in how we put it together. Mm. Um, but again, that's just like my situation and, you know, people who are, who are totally making all of their money as a musician and having to tour all the time. Like that's a whole nother way of life as well. And that's really difficult. And I don't like have advice for anyone. I'm just explaining like how, I've managed right now. Um, I will say one thing that I had a big breakthrough, uh, really just in the last like, kind of prepping for this album release and putting my visuals together and everything. Um, one of my bandmates, she's a professional marketer and um, like as her day job. And she really kind of inspired me. Like I used to, as a musician, or, you know, when every time I'm putting something out, I would just dread the marketing side and the social media side and just be like, ugh, like I put so much work into making this and now I hate this side of it. I just want to move on to my next project, you know? And what I, she really talked about marketing as storytelling. And when I thought of it that way, I thought about like, you know, you can really tell a story through how you're, telling people about your music visually or or literally or however but it think of it as storytelling and also if you spend you know a year making your precious baby like we always talk about as artists like oh we're creating this baby it's my art baby right mm -hmm. if you had a child you wouldn't just put it out on the street after you have it, right? Oh, hey, go live your life. Yep. You know, you're gonna, you need to create, a, you need to really plan ahead, be patient and plan ahead and create a, a wonderful nursery, put food in there, put all these things in there so that your art baby can really have a life on its own after you release it. It doesn't just like, blah. Yep. Um, so once I thought of it that way, I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm actually excited to work on planning the marketing mm -hmm. for you know the next six months as opposed to being like Ugh, gross yep. social media I hate this and yep. it is hard but there's always a couple hours of like you know bitch work or whatever yep. that you have to do on any job and yep. just slot away an hour of that and figure out what are the best practices what can I do or maybe you're you know you find someone that can help you and just yeah just try to the at my attitude changed a lot and once i changed my attitude towards it and just be like all right i'm going to learn how to do this um it made me happier <laughs> i i actually came to a similar conclusion a few years back because i had been doing a lot of film work where people would just put all this effort building this project either musically or film or through film and they release it and just let it sit there like mm -hmm. and they were already on to the next project and it's like and I mean I'm guilty of it too like I can't sit here and say oh I've never done that 
but that's when I was younger and it's like, I didn't know any better. And it's like, how, and you reiterating that is like, how, how can you put all this work and effort just to let the project sit on SoundCloud or on YouTube and not do anything with it or like give it an initial push. And then because it didn't do anything, you know, it's, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I totally empathize with everyone and I, I struggle with it every day and it's, it's so much work. And, um, but I think like, you know, I'm just wanting to be the best artist that I can be and make the best life for this project in the future because that's like all my bandmates work and their time too and it's mm -hmm. like I feel like I'm I'm feeling them if I'm not pushing it after something is released too because yep. that's all of their work too so yeah it's 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 hard though like I am it's not easy at all but at least the when I have that breakthrough mentally about like okay, I need to create a future for this, um, or at least like try and build a foundation for something so that, you know, and just be patient too. It's like nobody, that's why I don't like shows like American Idol or like, you know, these kind of quick rise to fame type of things. Cause so many people who are successful, they've been working at their craft for decades, you mm -hmm. know, and it's not like anyone who, you know, no, it, people work on their craft for decades and decades mm -hmm. and that no one can take that away from you. No one can take, you know, that work that you've put into something and that dedication and, um, you, you can, you just have to, yeah, it's perseverance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so you're currently based in Oakland. Are you, you born raised in Oakland or did you move there? I, um, so I was born, um, in LA when I was four years old, uh, my family moved to Wyoming and I lived in Wyoming for, until I was about 13 or 14. And then we went back to, um, Antelope Valley area in Palmdale, mm -hmm. which is North of LA. Um, I went there for high school and then I came out to the Bay area, um, and went to UC Berkeley for college. And then I, like the Bay, the Bay Area just kind of became my home base. And then mm -hmm. after I did some traveling, I lived in the Middle East for a while, lived, I lived in Russia, and then I came back. And then I um, settled in Oakland. And I've been in Oakland for like seven or eight years now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw on your uh, Facebook page that you had all these uh, different or that you spoke a few different languages and that you'd studied at the Russian Federation Acting Academy, I think is what it was called or something. And I was trying to, piece, yeah. I was trying to piece all that together. And I was, so I figured it was a good opportunity to bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, I always love traveling and, um, <clears throat> actually probably inspired by my mom because my mom came to america from japan when she was 18 mm -hmm. and she she always knew like she wanted to come and she she loved american music actually that's kind of like why she came originally and um she had always told me that the reason she really was able to speak english was because she stayed 
like she had other Japanese friends who came, but mm -hmm. they all went home. They all went home after like, you know, six months or something to visit family. And she said, no, I stayed in America for a year and I just wouldn't leave to just get the language like stuck in my head. And so I always knew that when, you know, I grew up, I wanted to like go abroad and I wanted to stay in another country and like not go back home for at least a year until I like drilled a language into my head. And mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I ended up going to live in the West Bank in Palestine and I studied Arabic there and um, like uh, lived there and learned Arabic. And, oh, wow. um, and then that was like, I had, I took a year off of, well, in the middle of college and I went there. Um, so that was the first like deep dive into a language. And then um, I came back to Berkeley and I uh, was doing Russian. I, I was actually doing comparative literature in Russian and Arabic. And then I've always been like obsessed with Russian literature and Russian music and their, their dance. It's just like such a, such a fascinating, history and kind of political and uh, these relationships between politics and power and religion and art is so fascinating and tumultuous and um, so that's why I got into Russian and then um, after yeah I thought well after school I'm just gonna go get more performing arts training in Russia so I went to Russia on like I had like three hundred dollars oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I I literally I I gave away a bunch of stuff and I paid enough for my tuition. And then I like went over there and um, I trained, it was all in Russian. I was going to this theater academy every day and I, it was just like, it was like ninja school for performing artists. It was so intense. And then I, I didn't have much money at all. So I like actually bought a guitar on a credit card and then I busked and I played music on the street. <laughs> oh. and um and I just like yeah I was at the performing arts academy like and I was there for a semester and just became like a better artist honestly and then after that I sold the guitar like for cash and then that got me my like transportation to the airport and then I came home <laughs> oh wow that's awesome so <laughs> What was the experience like busking on the streets of Russia? I'm very curious about that now. <laughs> yeah, um, well, a few things. Um, a, it was very cold, uh -huh. um, and that's, that, was, that sucked. But the funny part was that actually a lot of people, um, like, they're they're like oh poor thing because they're say like oh devushka they're like oh what are you doing here you pretty little girl and i um they they feel bad for you because in the bay area like it's sunny and it's like it's fun like people appreciate um buskers mm -hmm. and they like but over there if you're busking they assume that you like are an alcoholic or oh, <laughs> you oh. so <laughs> So I had people like people definitely like would drop money and stuff and, and enjoy it. But then a lot of like I actually had um, people drop like bottles of alcohol into the guitar case. <laughs> and I had, I had um, some uh, people invite me over like, hey, come and drink with us or hey, come party. Like um, and I did get stopped by uh, the police at one point And I just kind of 
played off the like i'm 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 a, an american i didn't understand your rules you know i'm a cute yeah. little american girl and i had my hair in braids and I, like i look more asian when i put my bangs down so i put my bangs down and then <laughs> they'd be like okay that's fine um but yeah it was a good good time a crazy time um but i learned so much i had these amazing instructors there and you know i was just living in a whole building full of artists from opera singers to you know the, uh, to actors to musicians to these are these are just like like russians really are intense about the arts like they want your soul or get out of my class like that yep. type of situation and i i just really loved it and you know um the performing arts you, you don't i don't have to speak a really high level of russian to 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 be doing it so i um i'm definitely like conversational but not i couldn't give a lecture or anything and um yeah i learned so much and made some really really dear friends and they're they're all off like in these different uh, russian theater companies or you know doing being performers and and they they just have like this um sense of respect and dedication for the arts it's not this like of course there's a commercial side to it too but if you're if you're in the academy they're not asking you like people don't assume that you're just trying to be famous and i feel like in america if you're a performing artist people are like assuming that you're doing it because you want to be famous and they're and there's just this inherent connection there in the US, whereas in Russia, it's a lot more like, oh, you're trying to be an artist. That's yep. cool, you know, as opposed to, oh, you're trying to be famous. Like, sure, everyone wants like success and prosperity and potentially fame, but like people just assume that in America. And I, I really appreciated that attitude in Russia. And it gives you just kind of a, a groundedness about, you know, why am I doing this? Why, why am I working so hard? Like, what does art mean to me? And what is it doing for me on the inside? Like, why am I doing this? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so what <clears throat> we've talked about a lot of what you've done in the past and what you're currently working on. Where do you ultimately want to take your music or your band in general? Yeah, um, with my band, like, I just, I feel like this is just the beginning, you know, all of us have been musicians, like I said, for a long time in other groups or working on other projects, and we've just feel such a strong chemistry with this group, and um, we're, we're, we're just really proud that this is our first album together, and I, we've already, like, written you know, I've got sketches for what the next album is going to be. We've already like mostly arranged two, two new songs that will go on the next mm -hmm. album. Um, I think like for me, I've always had this ethos of like, t it's the people first in my team. And I see like, okay, what are, what are the things that all of us are bringing to the table? What are some untapped potentials that different people have? Like I want to see more, you know, one, um, Andrea, for example, she's starting to explore writing songs herself as well. And so we're starting to co-write together and, um, you know, maybe even write more together as a band, not just arrange together as a band. And um, I just want to, like, for me, it's like, as long as the passion and the inspiration is there, then we'll just keep digging. I'd love to do a few more records with this band. And, you know, I, I don't, I just, 
I go where the intuition is taking me and where the, where the passion is. And I don't put a ton of pressure on my team to, you know, this is where we have to be next year. It's more like, you know, I set a goal and let's just see, like, let's see what we can do with this idea and this little nugget, give it time to kind of play and, um, and yeah, you know, I'd love to do some, you know, eventually when things hopefully settle down, I'd love to do some touring. Um, but I, I really just want to be making original material with musicians that I, I love working with. And I also, like I said, I have a, a whole visual team here in Oakland that I've been working with in film and I've brought them in to do all the visual um collaboration for my band so I've got original costume design like if you see any of our Instagram or anything I have you know we make our uh, we make our visuals like all the pieces from scratch um and the drummer my drummer Mowgli he's the photographer and his his he's a that's how he that's his day job I guess is like yeah he's a professional photographer and he um he adds that element so yeah, we just want to like follow intuition and the creativity, see where it goes. And, you know, I'm not, I'm in set goals and mm -hmm. have a really good time. Like I, it, it's, it makes me happy. So as long as it keeps making us happy, it's going to be hard, but mm -hmm. yeah, that's, that's what I want for us. Awesome. Are you, uh, <clears throat> sorry. Uh, are you working towards a, like, music video any music videos for the sing any singles off the album or yes definitely um so i have actually like a script that like my original concept was i have these eight songs on the album and a lot of the songs i actually wrote the music with the visuals in mind or some of them i even wrote the visuals first and then i wrote the the music after um so i have like a whole i have these characters and i have um a series of short films they're like short narrative music videos i guess mm -hmm. um that will be accompanying the this album shapeshifter and it follows this character my character who's eating the bird her name is Nue, and it's um she's a, a shapeshifter she's a professional memory reaper um and uh, she, yeah, it follows her story and, um, I'm, uh, shooting those this year and I've already, like, we've already made a good amount of the costumes or like midway through that. Um, so the plan for the rest of the year is like shooting these, uh, short films and gradually releasing them. And in the meantime, you know, we're already working on music for album two. Nice. I was actually just looking through your, uh, instagram as you mentioned it because i was on your website and i saw you had the little hot link to your instagram i really like yeah. how your photos are laid out how thank like, you like if uh you scroll down a little bit and then start scrolling up how you creep up out of this uh the crater in the street that's very <laughs> it's like that's awesome thank it, you uh it, so obviously that was something that you've planned because um well yeah that's just really awesome. like i can't I, i'm having yeah i'm having a hard time putting words together because it's that <laughs> awesome 
Oh, yay. Everybody check out our Instagram. I'm really proud of this layout. Like we've, we really spent a lot of time. Like, you know, I, um, the photos itself in this crater, like a lot of people are like, are these Photoshop? And it's not, it's literally the, the place doesn't exist anymore. But a few years ago, there was all these flash floods and, um, uh, in California and uh, a couple roads were like completely you know destroyed and there's this one road that we found actually just like walking around hiking and um, it had been kind of left and it was sort of an unused road so they hadn't fixed it and mm-hmm. you had all these plants actually growing into it and kind of had this beautiful combination of nature and and destruction at the same time and it was oh, just wow. such a uh, and um, so we just shot these photos and um but all the planning like if you scroll down there's like mm-hmm. all these detailed costume designs mm-hmm. and stuff like this it's been you know it's been like at least a year and a half of work just to get these images together um nice. and we only just started releasing them you know this year because of the album got released just a few mm-hmm. weeks ago so and so just to kind of tease everybody to give them more of an incentive to come check out this awesome Instagram page. So the uh, characters that are next to, or that are on the outside of the middle row uh, of you creeping out of the uh, crater in the road, uh-huh. do, do those, those, I'm assuming those characters have a significant meaning. Are they right yeah um so these images so um i'll describe it for the listener uh basically i have these um archival images actually of these bakemono which are a certain type of japanese um, monster and it's a class of yokai which if you're familiar with like anime and stuff yokai are these um are Japanese ghosts or ghosts really that are all over the world. And um, bakimono type of monsters, they are shapeshifters. And um, these images that I was inspired by are these really crazy, ridiculous, sometimes really funny images of these different t- kinds of monsters. And they're painted in these 18th to 19th century Japanese scrolls. And um, they're just these really beautiful watercolor paintings of these crazy monsters. And they're all shapeshifters and there's a story behind each shapeshifter. And, um, you know, none of my characters are directly correlated with any one shapeshifter from Mm -hmm. this parchment, but I pulled a lot of inspiration and like the the body positioning when we did the photo shoot, like I, I pulled a lot of inspiration um, from these old ancient monsters. Awesome. Beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I must just say though, it's absolutely amazing. And if you're listening to this, you need to check out this Instagram page. It is amazing. A lot of time, to- I can you. tell a lot of time and a lot of thought went into it. Yeah, and and while you're there, like you'll see some of the costume design. There's these bones in mm. the design work, and um, one of my our title tracks is called uh, one of the first singles was called Chimera, and um, for anyone who doesn't know, Chimera is a is a monster it found in all over the world, all kinds of traditions, and it's basically a hybrid of different kinds of creatures. And um, so for the Chimera, like photo shoot we 
created this costume design and it incorporated um, bones from all these different animals. We have snake spine, we have seagull bones. Um, and yeah, and I, I have these two women who are total badass that I work with. And one is a jewelry designer and the other is a costume designer. And the three of us just got together and we're like, all right, how could we create an image that tells teases a little bit about the character and also represents like the title of the song which is mm -hmm. called chimera um and so that's how that imagery came out awesome awesome um but yeah uh first i i don't want to keep you too much longer because i know it's friday night beginning of the weekend you know it just um but what's We've kind of been touching on this the entire time, but I, I kind of want to ask this question, and I'm going to word it very vaguely just to kind of give you some freedom to okay. go and just kind of take it where you want to take it. But why music? Hmm. Music, for me, keeps me, like... I need it for me. It's something that I need emotionally to stay vulnerable, to stay, um, I guess, like open to the world. And um, like I said, the I feel like storytelling and the film side of me is like kind of my brain mm -hmm. really figuring out the world. Not that I don't put emotion into it, right? But for me, music, just there's something about like physically releasing sounds from your body that it just, it kind of resets me in a way. I, I feel like sick if I don't have it. And I, I just need that for me, for my mental health, for my emotional health, for, um, yeah, it, it just, it's like, I, I think sometimes for me, my personality is like, you know, okay, hard things happen and, and it can really, I can put up these walls. And I know that when you want to be a good performer, you have to tear those walls down. Like you have to, um, it, you have to be able to be open, be vulnerable in order to be a, a really great performer. And music always reminds me that it always reminds me like, Hey, you know, put these walls down, like be open, be giving, be sharing. And it just like, it just makes me a better person and makes me be more like who I want to be. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. And it's, and obviously it's like fun and I have um, like so many amazing music friends that I just want to spend time with. And our favorite thing is to just make music. So yeah. Awesome. Perfect. That was a perfect way to kind of, wrap everything in a nice little bow. Um, <laughs> so I, I know everything's kind of up in the air with the, the coronavirus deal kind of going around, but, and you've had to re already start rescheduling uh, at least your album release show, but what's the rest of your schedule kind of looking like? Yeah, so... Um... I think like in terms of performances, a lot, that stuff is really just up in the air for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, I did, you know, I do have a potential collaboration with a local community orchestra and we actually wanted to, we're trying to put together a show potentially where we're having like orchestral arrangements backing up the band and that would be like a really sick 
performance. Um, mm -hmm. But I think like the stuff that for sure is going to happen, you know, that doesn't involve performances. I just have a lot more visual stuff to be released because I have like imagery that goes along with every song. Some of it is editorial, like these really fine art photography and poetry that goes along with every song. And I have these short films that will be accompanying the music. And those are, uh, are going to be they're getting made and they're getting released like throughout the entire year so people have a lot to look forward to online from us as well beyond just like listening to the album and um there, there's a lot of visual stuff coming out and we'll probably be doing more live streaming i'm sure just as a lot of people are already starting to do mm -hmm. um yeah and and just creating new creating new stuff too so awesome and then where can everybody find you online to see your latest music or your latest video projects? Yeah, everything is is at our website, girlswallowsnightingale.com. We're also at Instagram. Everything is there, too. That's probably where we're most active is Instagram, actually, um, at girlswallowsnightingale. And then our album is on all the major platforms. So you could, you could look us up on Spotify. You could find us on Bandcamp or Apple, um, all, of, all of those outlets, they're there. But if you're just looking for the one-stop shop, I'd say either yeah, like Facebook, Instagram, and our website is where we're the most active. Awesome. Um, well, before we wrap it up, I want to thank you one last time for giving me the opportunity to sit here and chat with you. It's been an absolute blast. I, like I mentioned earlier, yeah, I was I was a, a little uneasy if I was going to have to reschedule this one again or not because of work-related issues, but we got through it. It was a good conversation, so I'm 100% happy. Yeah, me too. And I'm really grateful that you thought of us and um, for the opportunity, like music is still going to be, you know, people need music now more than ever. And mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, wherever people are at in their local communities, just like, I think just help each other out, like, you know, and support if you're, if, if you do have more stability than someone else, like just see how you can support them. And um, I think, yeah, you know, we're going to be here giving music and trying to be open and sharing as much as we can too. So. Awesome. But one last time, thank you again so much. Um, thank you to everybody for tuning in and we will see you all later. <laughs>